Welcome back. Monday, February 14th. Uh, kind of an exciting week for basketball. We grouped. Got a new little format. Um, added a couple segments that are new. Um, we'll kind of walk walk and talk through that here. Um, but excited. Got some interesting pieces um, here for you. Um, <clears throat> kind of touch on a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, and let's get started. Uh, first segment today, new piece, it's called the tip drill. Get you warmed in practice. We're going to get you, get your juices flowing here uh, with a tip drill topic today. Um, centered around Damian Lillard. Uh, mentioned it before recently in the last couple pods. Uh, but this guy is balling in an insane level. I think in his last 10 to 12 games, he's averaging 40, shooting 49 from three. Guy's unreal, and he's single-handedly carrying this team back into playoff contention. Um, watching the Blazers a little bit, it is interesting. Um, they're winning. Uh, they still have some injuries. Nurchik or Nurchik, whatever you how, whatever you however you say his name, uh, is still hurt. Collins, so they have some depth issues there. Um, battled a ton of injuries of late. Um, specifically um, the Utah Jazz game where they only had seven guys that second half um, and that's kind of where we're going here with the tip drill is because Lillard had another stupendous performance um, and I know this is a little bit late I got to be a little more current here day to day basis but over the weekend he's Battling back in the fourth quarter, high pick and roll, uh, gets by Gobert, one defender comes to help, Lillard goes off the glass for a layup, in the heat of the moment, no call from the referees, uh, but pretty obvious that it was goaltending, uh, the way that the ball moved. Um, would be a clear indication that there should have been some sort of call, if not a call, a replay. And that's where I want to head right now with this topic. Yeah, refs are oblivious. Maybe they have some money on the game. Can't really, I mean, that's, uh, unfortunately, despite the bad call, you kind of have to live with that. But the issue is, if we're going to have coaches' challenges and replay, why can't they challenge that? That literally decides the game. Decides the game. And maybe even playoff hopes for the Blazers. Right? They're fighting for that eighth spot. Which, by the way, that would not be a very fun team to play as an eighth seed. Um, but, like, are you kidding me? What is this crap? At least in the NFL, you get a, 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 I mean, you hope, a booth review under two minutes when you can't challenge or anything like that. But there was nothing. It was clear and obvious. The ball doesn't just stop and fall straight down once it goes off the glass. Frustrating. Kind of lose a little bit of hope um, with referees. A little bit in that case. Bullshit. But you got to live on. Nothing you can do now. 
And sometimes an apology just doesn't do the trick. Figure it out, NBA. Okay, moving on here. Uh, more of a broader topic a little bit. Um, kind of was thinking about this uh, as the tra- trade deadline came and went. Um, was just thinking about culture um, and uh, situations um, but more specifically basically how um, guy in one situation with one team may not be very productive due to the culture, due to what's around him gets traded, signs as a free agent and immediately uh, you're looking at a different player, more productive player uh, to an extent, guy I was thinking about when I was kind of came up this was Brandon Ingram a little bit. Um, I do think there was some not necessarily culture issues, although I think the culture is different this year with the Lakers compared to last year. Um, but more of like a situation, like Ingram comes to the Pelicans this year and essentially immediately comes steps up into that role. Um, of go-to guy playmaker, um, whereas obviously he's battling second fiddle for LeBron, um, and, and that's just not obviously a good situation for him, right? So, so new start, fresh start for him is really something productive. So, if we kind of like go down the list here, um, guys are getting new starts, Wiggins, there could be some things, although I'm not as high on Wiggins as other people, I just, I just don't think he is as good as we want him to be, or think he can be, um, you're looking at a guy like Drummond, big move there, change of scenery, I mean, really going from one dumpster to another dumpster, but if you're Cleveland, you gotta be happy, potentially, um, Another wrinkle of this deal is he's on his last year. You can opt out of his contract. So if it doesn't work out, you have cap space there. Beeline can build it as he wants, so on and so forth. Um, I get it. Guys are disgruntled. They're unhappy. Um, there's a place for that sometimes, not all the time. Um, in the case of Drummond, he obviously vented his frustrations. Um, but on the flip side, it's like, dude, like you're out of Detroit. I mean, you moved to Cleveland, so not much there. But like, what are you like? What are you upset about? It's not like you were going from L.A. to Detroit. Like, then you, I see it, you're pissed off. You're going to Detroit, but you made a lateral move, big dog, and you guys never won. So just go along for the ride. If you're not happy, opt out. Go where you want. Right. Um, Another interesting situation is the Rockets deal. I mean, obviously, it's they've got their their own culture and their own deal, and it's interesting to see because there's no one way to win. There's multiple ways to win, and the Rockets think they can do this one, and everyone's bought in. So whether they win, good for them. If they do, I don't think they will. But they're going down together, right? If this thing doesn't work out like they think it will, at least they're going down together. So I respect that a little bit. Um, you know, other trades, Iggy getting out of a situation that not really necessarily maybe the best for him in Memphis. Obviously, it was not the best for him in Memphis. But for the other guys as well, 
Um, Dylan Brooks and Jaw chiming in on all that. Um, you know, interesting. I, I think there's an emphasis, an emphasis on the importance of culture that sometimes gets overlooked from the outside. Uh, and I think the really successful organizations are ones to stick to that. Um, for example, um, heard from a friend, from a friend, from a friend through the grapevine. Um, that's very, uh, really, really important in Miami. And you can kind of get the feel of that um, just from the standpoint that they're successful this year. Um, extremely successful. Um, and you haven't really heard too much drama out of Jimmy Buckets. I mean, that's a guy who's notorious for if he's unhappy, he'll let it known, right? Obviously, issues in Chicago a little bit. Um, again, not a very strong culture there. Um, Minnesota, obviously, definitely not a... I mean, we can write that off. Philly, um, again, not a strong culture there either. Um, really don't know what's going on over there in Philly. One of the bigger disappointments this year, I think, across the board. Um, again, going back to them as being one of my pretenders. Um, but you really see the he's kind of found his role um, in Miami. Now, are they going to win a championship? I don't know. But you can see the importance of culture there, right? Only one team wins a championship. Um, you know, and so I, um, I think Spolster does a really good job of creating that culture. Um, evidence of getting rid of guys like Waiters. Um, we'll come back to here in a few moments. Waiters. Um, guys like that, you know, who are just not good for your culture, right? So I think that I think that's an important aspect um, that we sometimes don't appreciate from the outside. But again, the really successful teams are able to establish that, whether it's via the coach or the players that are in place, those veteran leader guys. Um, so just kind of touched on them um, just a moment ago about them being pretenders. Um, I want to bring up Joel Embiid here. Um, uh, a guy that we can kind of consider or agree upon as when he's on very, very um, dominating player, Right hard to stop him when he's locked in doing his thing um and of late he's been catching a lot of grief from the TNT guys Shaq and, and Chuck um for being soft this and that um and I don't know that I disagree with them to be honest with you and here's why uh, I got a couple examples one I think he's soft because at the beginning of the year, and this bugs me till today. This still bugs me. Um, look, I've never been in a fight um, on the court, but what I saw him and Ben Simmons double team Carl Anthony Towns at the beginning of the year and act like they just took down freaking Conor McGregor, I knew right off the bat those guys were soft. First of all, not one punch was thrown. It was a giant hug fest. A bunch of homos out there playing tummy sticks, right? And then Ben Simmons hops in, and when 
Carl Anthony Towns is on the ground, he tackles him. Oh, okay, that's that's impressive, right? Um, but the thing that was really, really sealed the deal for me there was the fact that he was, um, he was acting like he was rocky, like celebrating as he got kicked out of the game. Like, dude, he didn't do anything. Like, are you serious? And so then we look at a couple performances a year. Um, sure, he's battled some minor injuries, but everyone does in the league. When you play, you're always battling something, right? Most recently, he dropped a giant goose egg um, against was the Celtics. Uh, 1-4-11. My goodness. That doesn't get it done, right? That's not going to do it. You don't, you don't succumb to... to that level of competition. Their centers are Cantor and Thies. Seriously? It's not like you're going up against Giannis, you know? And even that, like, go after him. Don't be afraid of him by his length or he's going to block your shot. Go through his chest and get a bucket. He's too busy trying to look pretty in Euro and shoot threes. Like, not, not... You're not going to be effective all the time in those situations. Uh, I think Embiid's soft, um, saying he's going to turn it around now, amp it up. Yeah, okay, good for you if you do that. But you shouldn't need a pep talk to do that. If you want to be one of the greats and talk the talk like you do, you should be able to produce every single game, one way or the other. Embiid's soft. Another guy who kind of is, is a polarizing figure was uh, Russell Westbrook. Uh, Westbrook is a uh, very interesting, uh, very interesting uh, guy. Triple doubles, average triple doubles, MVP, right? Um, but always a kind of guy that we saw throughout his time in Oklahoma City. A guy who could get you into games with his competitiveness and his spirit, but could also literally shoot you out of the games with his threes um, and the poor choices that he makes. Uh, But we've seen an interesting development here um, this last month or so um, in Houston, specifically, obviously, with the way they're structuring their team. Uh, but just even more so the way that Westbrook is starting to play a little bit more. I think, I don't know if this is a D'Antoni thing or what caused the switch here. Um, but I think in the last 12 games, Westbrook has taken like 36 threes, maybe. Something along those lines. I, I don't have the stats. Sorry, guys. Um. But the guy who's who's taken significantly less three-point attempts um, and started to attack the rim a little bit more, getting the paint, those 15-foot pull-ups, which are more of his bread and butter than anything else. Um, And it's surprising to me that he's been able to sustain it this long, this month or so. It'll be interesting to see if he can sustain it for the rest of the year. If he can, you're looking at a guy who can who can really, really produce at a high level. Um, 
evidence by a couple 40 pieces within that time, that time frame. Um, just looks like a really different, more productive guy. I think he gives you a better chance to win when he plays like this. Um, and so want to commend him for the work that he's done. I think that's always been a knock on his game is his, his shot selection, specifically when it comes to uh, taking threes. Now you're always going to live a, live with uh, a little bit of his craziness, um, his little unexpectedness, his rustness, what makes him rust. You're going to live with that because sometimes it's good, but sometimes it's bad. Right, but you live. You'd rather live with that more so than him jacking threes, trying to do it that way. That's not how. That's not how his game's built. And so interesting to see that this at this stage he's kind of maybe realized it, maybe not. Maybe he's just a circa a product of a couple of fluke circumstances. And as we get back into this, the more crunch time as we get closer to the playoffs, he reverts back to what we've seen before. Who knows? But um, at least want to commend him on, on the change that he's made uh, with that. Um, so um, kind of in my last segment here, uh, we call this start the bus. When you're losing, when it's over, uh, fans will start uh, chant, start the bus, uh, meaning it's it's over, it's done, um, and so obviously signifies the end of the podcast today, but also kind of um, uh, a reminder that this next topic is a little bit um, is harsh, a little bit maybe, um, or like whatever I'm going to talk about could be the end of the season for a team or the end of something for a player. Anyways, just kind of a, a, a little segment here to, to cap off the episode, give you a little something to think about, but also a little bit, uh, a little bit of a warning here, a little bit of a, of a, a cautious sign uh, moving forward. And, and we're going to hop around here back uh, to my guys, the Lakers here. A um, couple things, it's all tied together. One, uh, lack of trade um, at the deadline, and sometimes, sometimes no trade is a good trade. Right? We don't need a to make a trade just to make a trade if it doesn't doesn't fit us. That's not what we need. Um, so I think that was a little bit of of the issue there at the tra- de- uh, trade deadline. Also, um, we don't really have anything to trade, um, so that makes it a little bit more difficult. You're not going to trade Kuzma because face it, that guy's not playing well right now. Um, so we don't make any trades. Clippers make a trade for Morris. We'll see how that plays out. Um, other teams are making trades. The Heat get the Heat get Iggy. Um, and we knew we weren't going to get him that way. We need to do a buyout. Um, Then there's this Collison talk. So we're, you know, you don't make any trades, all right. But if you get Collison, that's just that's that's just as good as winning at the trade deadline. Come uh, today, Collison decide he's going to stay retired. 
Um, so not great for the Lakers as we need a point guard because Rondo is extremely incapable. Um, and I couldn't have been more wrong on that take. I um, thought he was going to be a little bit more productive last year, but it literally looks like we're watching Muggsy Bogues the second half of Space Jam when his power gets taken because he looks like doo-doo. Straight garbage out there. Um, but, you know, Collison retires. There's not much we can do about that. Um, Harkless buyout situation. Okay, let's pursue that. Hopefully that's the route we take. Um, but we heard rumors today. Uh, oh, we'll go back a little bit. J.R. Smith. I mean, not necessarily great per se. Uh, I don't know that we really need him. I don't know that we want him. I think he's just another inconsistent guy on an inconsistent second unit. That doesn't make sense. Um, but come today, find out. Gummy Bear Dion Waiters. Excuse me? Yeah. Dion Waiters. You've got to be flipping kidding me. Smith, Waiters, both teammates in with uh, LeBron in Cleveland. We want to revisit that again. Look, I don't know what's going on in the Lakers front office with Palinka. Maybe there's some other stuff we're going on. Rambus is involved. Genie. Who knows what's going on right now? But if we sign Dion Waiters, we might as well pack this shit in. Good year. Fun to watch for the first half of the year. All right. Dion Waiters? My God. That's terrible. I literally... he Miami got rid of him because he's a he's a cancer so we want to get him when we're in the championship hunt oh all I can say is we better we better not we better not. and that's how I'm ending the podcast today leaving you with that because if we start if we sign waiters start the bus for next uh, next season let's get this off season one two three Cancun <laughs>